Welcome back, everyone, to another new episode of Grow Your Path to Wellness. Uh, last week, we, or our last episode, we had Lori Seitz, if you missed that. So we talked about like the topic of using meditation for business success, but kind of also evolved into daily life, breaking down some barriers and misconceptions for everyone. But it was a very good topic, so um, we highly recommend if you missed that, go back and check that out. This week we have now, is it Carolina? Yes. Yes. So I was like, I'm gonna pronounce it one way or the other, and I forgot to ask before we started. We have Ka- Carolina Martin, and we're gonna have the topic. She brings a topic to us today of connecting people through the creative process. A little about a little bit about Carolina. She's an art teacher by profession was raised by two practicing artists and over 30 years ago now, her mother passed away as a result of her six year long fight uh, against lung cancer. As as she watched her take her last breath, she vowed to use her her blessings for the betterment of larger communities. So that is when her traveling uh, hands-on art education business was born. She likes to say that she connects people by delivering the creative process as we take fun, interesting, and interactive art activities to the centers for people with disabilities, group homes, senior centers, schools, nursing homes, weddings, and so much more. So I'm excited to, it's been a minute since we've had anything kind of art or hands-on creative processes related um, as a topic. So thank you for being here this morning, Carolina. Thank you. I am honored, really. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Um, it's been awesome to get to know you through, uh, again, Kelsey. Kelsey's down in um, like Hacking Hills area, Ohio, oh, all yeah. the beautiful nature. And so we don't get to see each other as much, but she's getting to know. She's basically networking with me a little bit because every time I network up here in Northeast Ohio, um, we've we've been bringing some more and more guests from that. So it's, it's been good to get to know you and I'm excited for today. Um, can you tell us a little bit more? I know Kelsey shared like a little bit about your bio and kind of your mom being your inspiration for starting this, but why is this such a passionate topic for you and why do you want to share it with more people today? Thanks. Thanks, Amanda. And I'm I'm just thrilled to be on here with you. It's been a pleasure to get to know you as well. And I look forward to continuing our friendship and Hocking Hills, horse country, right? It's a lot of different things down here. Yes. It's king country, it's tree country, it's corn beautiful. Country, corn country, it's their country. <laughs> it's the best, yes. It's beautiful. So the reason it's so such a passion, well, you know, it hit me when I watched my mom pass away because that breath of life is, um, I mean, when I think about it, it just comes right back. It is so fragile and it's so strong. It's what we have that keeps us going. If we don't have that, we're done, right? We're leaving the short route. Um, And it's so so fragile because we have no idea when we're gonna not have it anymore. So when I watched mom take her last breath, I, my son was standing there with me. He's, he was 14 at the time. We just looked at each other in just in awe. It's um, it's like the awe of childbirth and the, the awe of death have that same kind of impact on you lifelong is what I mean. Um, so we 
we decided, we just said, oh my gosh, you know, nothing promised. Um, so I actually went home, he did too. We listed all of our blessings. Um, what can we, what do we have? What do we have to work with? You know, I was a child life specialist at the time. I was also managing a group home. And those are wonderful, amazing professions, but I always felt like I could do more. There was more in me I was supposed to be using. So I really had to list them the things. I did it immediately. And also listed the things that my mom and dad passed to me. I, I really felt the presence of her spirit really guiding me and doing this process. I really, I had to do it. Uh, so I, I took from that her spirit of kindness. Uh, she loved people and it was important to be with people of all ages and all cultures and all faiths. It was really important to her and she drove that home to me. As you may have read, I mean, we had no money, artists, right? And, and really back then we really had no money, uh, but we had such richness in the way we were able to look at things and find the importance of what really lasted in life. So I listed her, her love of laughter, her planning for tomorrow, her faith, uh, again, her love of people of all walks of life. And then my blessings, you know, I had gone, I went on and got my master's in education. Um, I started by leaving home, running away, and I had no high school diploma. So that was a big deal. Um, then I loved doing the process of art. And through my college, I had, I had worked under Mickey McGraw, who actually began art therapy here in the Cleveland area. And I was again, able to work as a child life specialist at Rainbow Hospital. So. I was beginning to see the value of that intentional hands-on focus as you're doing a hands-on, you're involved in the hands-on activity, visual art, we do culinary arts as well, uh, but it's that focus. And the other piece of that is that, remember, she really loved people of all ages and walks of life. So not to be uh, an island. It was really important not to be an island. I, you know, it was in me. So I, I just quit my job. I, I grabbed the wagon that was attached to her golf cart. That's how we all got around. Our daughter who teaches with us and has for years now was a little toddler in the wagon. You know, we'd throw her mom's oxygen in there, art supplies. And I went back to the nursing home where she mom had been for a couple of months at the end of her life and said, would you like an art teacher to do art classes? And they said, yes, happily. And for free, I did that for a couple of years, which like to killed my husband. I mean, he's an accountant. And here I was a 14 year old, right? And I have a two, uh, like a, by then she was maybe 18 months or so. Um, so we need money. So, I had to find out a way to be able to continue to see people, groups of them. I and mean, I do do individual group, um, activities as well, but I found 
over time, that value, I could see it uh, anecdotally in the, the way that people would roll up to the table at that nursing home. You know, I knew, uh, and I, it's hard to explain, but I tell everybody this, when you're doing the thing or things, I feel there are many that you really have a purpose to do on this planet, you know it. I mean, I know it. I could never not do it. And that's why I don't retire. I won't retire when I can't do it anymore. Uh, and I can still talk, I'll still be talking about it and you know, I'll still be doing it. I can't not do it. And when you feel that, you know that's a part of you. It's just, uh, it's a feeling and based on all of the, oh my gosh, so many experiences. I've had miracles happen in front of me with people with disabilities. They, they couldn't speak, literally couldn't speak. That I, I remember one of the guys being called Whisperjet. It was so, it was a, a really kind name that his buddies called him, but his dad, who was a psychologist, locked him in the closet when he didn't want to deal with him. Pretty harsh, um, certainly criminal, but he did it. And um, so he stopped speaking, but over time, you know, we got so engaged with each other in these groups. And um, one day he spoke, <laughs> you know, I mean, if we just cried, you, you don't even know what to say. I mean, we turned around and said, my gosh, is that him? You know, <laughs> you, know you, you never would expect it. Uh, but so many miracles like that, so many, it's just, a, so how could I not? I, 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 I hope that for everybody that they find at least one thing that they, they go to bed dreaming about the miracles, they wake up and say, oh, what can I do today? Um, you know, that just engages them so much. So for me, it's working with the groups too. Um, that connectedness, that connectedness. We're human, you know, it's, I, I was telling Amanda, I just came from feeding the horses this morning. We uh, rescued a horse about 15 years ago. And I liken it to that because horses are herd animals. You know, they need each other. They really get sick, sometimes die if they don't have it. And humans will too, if they don't have this, that touch and love, things are gonna go bad quickly. Um, so I learn a lot and it's so wonderful to come home after being with the horses. You know, we, and I've done this 15 years now, we rescued this horse and do barn chores every day in payment for his care. It's about 10 minutes from here in Metro Parks, it's beautiful. Um, so, I see that reinforced constantly, you know, that, that we need to be creatively gathering in whatever it is that we wanna do. But for me, it's visual arts, culinary arts, always hands-on guiding people. And I get so much from it as well. That's a long answer, sorry. I get, I get so excited about it. Oh, I was gonna say that, well, for one, thank you for sharing your journey with us because it, it was very, it was very powerful. And to hear how, you know, you, like in that moment, you were, instead of 
I'm sure you felt your grief, but I think Amanda made a little note and I saw it and then it was in my brain. So sorry, Amanda, if I'm taking your thought. Um, but what you did with your grief was like incredible. It was like, I'm sure you felt it. You felt all Oh my gosh. I miss her every day. Yeah. And, and then, but like, and at the same time you were like, what can I do with this? Like with this energy, with this, um, experience. And then you, you turn it into this beautiful thing that you did. And, and so, uh, thank you so much again for sharing that because, and then the other thing that comes to my mind is like you said, we're humans, we're all humans, right? We're, we're way more alike than we are very different. We're all unique, but we all to the core have the same needs. Like, and that's what this podcast is about. All of the eight dimensions of wellness and the human need for all of those eight dimensions or, you know, qualities from each one of those. And you touch on, you know, what humans, we, we always say like, you know, we are, we need connection. Like it's, it's a need. You right. can't make it through this life without other people. And that's where we start to see a lot of dysfunction is when hurt people hurt people. And then we pull away or right, you know, because of our own life experiences. So the things you're using to connect people are very, the word that comes to my brain, there's a lot of things to consider, uh, like accessibility, intersectionality of different things, but they're very universal, like right. food, art, music, right. um, those types of things. So it's like you said, how I love your, that you value like all walks of life coming together for that core need of connecting. That's really important because especially as people get older, you know, when the mom went in that nursing home, for instance, they were she was only in her 70s, they were in their 80s and 90s. And most, and I'm sorry to say this, but in nursing homes and places, some institutional living facilities, way too many, people really feel they've gone there to die and give up. So they're literally just sitting on the side, maybe drooling, maybe sleeping, you know, so medicated that they don't have, you know, there's so much. But as simple, like we have a program called Magic Friends. We bring school kids with those folks. We put them together. And I'm telling you, it is magic every time. It's just, it's, um, I guess I think it's simple because that's after years of working with people and seeing and um, just experiencing that wonderful connectiveness that we do have, as you were saying. But I, I, I wish that we could just get it to more people. I, I just wish that more people would see that importance. I mean, this isn't new, you know, holistic wellness. Um, there's, uh, my son practices uh, Eastern medicine, for instance, pretty solely with his family. Um, this is in many different cultures. They know what it takes. They know that that connectedness is part of it. You know, that, um, there's actually, I think Amanda, I shared this with you recently, a, an article. My husband actually heard on Science Friday about how now there's actual research that says we as humans really need to be uh, doing hands-on some kind of creative process, whether it's in some kind of art for about a half hour a day. And that will deter Alzheimer's and all kinds of dementia so many illnesses because it really is like a meditative place that you focus so 
thoroughly on what you're doing and your brain actually has to figure something out like a puzzle, but it's much more, to me, more interesting than a puzzle. So you're working those parts of the brain that may not get worked otherwise. And we often forget those parts, which unfortunately will affect all the other stuff you're doing. You may be bicycling and running and doing all the things, but if you're not working your brain, you're gonna be in trouble and we have to. For me, it's, I mean, it can be through music, any kind of theater, um, it can be humming as I was reading in that article, just something that makes our brains focus on that creative process. And then when you add in that connectivity with your peers or people of all ages and walks of life, you're just in another world. I mean, I, I watch it every single day. Everybody's so focused, they forget all the things, which is so important. We need to forget all that crap sometimes, you know? I'm sorry, but there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I mean, California's worried about a hurricane, there's big stuff going on and it's only gonna get a lot more. We have to really find ways to add those things every single day. Then I'm, I applaud Amanda because she does that through her organization. She and her colleagues are working so hard you know, to get that word out there. Um, it's not easy because people are busier than ever before. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I won't get on my soapbox or we'll never finish your podcast, but um, you're right. You know, our capitalistic patriarchal society is very much go work, achieve, produce. Right. And making time for creativity is like often seen as like fluff or a waste right. of time. And I know even when we've had um, our art therapist, Jenna, do some kind of creative expression things, you know, initially people might be like, eh, I don't really know about that, especially when we brought it to like a business networking right. we posted. And then once you said, like you said, once they get in it and they're focused, you look around the room and it's like this little like giddy little thing inside of me that's like, yes, I knew yes. that we could get right. here, right? Like, haha, I got you, but like in a good way. Um, right. So I love that so much. I, this just makes me think also, um, you said, you know, like access, you know, making it accessible. How can people on a limited, you mentioned like from your childhood being on a limited budget, right? How can we make things like this um, accessible to all walks of life, all ages, even if you're on a tight budget or, or live in an area where you don't have access to those resources? What are some like maybe tangible ideas or activities that people could do? You already mentioned like humming and things like that, but what are some other right. people? Well, you know, there are a lot of um, places today like Free Cycle and there's another place that with, for art supplies that you can get them for free. Um, there's, there's so many recycling projects to do. If people have access, and most people do these days, even at a library, you can go, I would suggest if they don't have a computer, I, I often use the library myself. They can connect you up with um, YouTube and various things that you can do for free, just using shopping bags, you know, making your own paint. I mean, it's, it's just such fun. Frankly, <laughs> I find that to be more fun than hopping on Amazon and ordering something that God knows what's in it. You know, I mean, it's nice to take an onion. For instance, at Easter, we colorize our eggs. We put 
beets in some water, we put onions in another water, you know, different vegetables and things like that and make our own dye. Just stick the eggs in there. And that way they're more edible as well. If you think about what's in those dyes, you really would never feed that to another human. So better to make them from things that you can actually eat. And what fun it is. I mean, you tie things around the eggs, rubber bands or whatever to make designs. Once you dunk them, after you take it out, it's like tie-dyeing, but on an egg. <laughs> it's great. And you take the stuff off and you have these beautiful designs like leaves and, I mean, it's beautiful. So they're endless. And I, I would say access the library every time if you don't have access to a computer. And there's just endless, endless, endless free things you can do. Recycling, leaf pounding, for instance. I take t-shirts, white t-shirts, go out in the fall, grab some leaves, put them on a t-shirt, turn the, the um, brightest side down on the t-shirt, put something over that leaf and just pound away with a rock. And the beautiful design you get on your t-shirts is amazing. And remember that green stuff uh, with chlorophyll and all that, it stains the heck out of clothes, right? But you want that in this case, it's great. So just a it's couple. It's so interesting because it's all of these things, it's like we view as like, I'm very like, you know, the inner child kind of basis part that like that stuff comes to my mind because it gets, we, we always say here, those parts of that part of us gets squashed down by our world and all the expectations and, you know, our own experiences and it, everything just always has to feel so adult. And so like capitalistic, yep. like we've said, so serious, so serious. And then it's like, we are complaining about grass stains and clothes or right. anything like that, but it's like, no, like you can use that. But yeah. for something that like, like I feel myself light up thinking about it. Cause in a video that I seen the other day of a, of a woman who was taking like a, just a tapestry, like a blank one and had it out, took it and got wildflowers and was doing that. Oh my gosh. It was so cool. And I, I feel it. And I'm like, oh, no, I want to do it. But yes. <laughs> in my, that part of my brain is like, we're, there's, we're out here being like, Oh, that's that stains clothes, and then that adds more time to my day, and and then I can't get them out of my clothes, and so on. It's just it's fascinating. It's like all of it's right there. It like, is, and it's so important. I will, I will encourage you to do it because, frankly, the people who who tap into that creative problem solving, because you're problem solving the whole time you're creating, you will forever be the better businesswoman, the better mom, the better mate the you know who whatever you are in your life as you relate to other people and what you're doing you'll be better for it because i look through the eyes of an artist from day one right and i i i don't think there's a no i think there's gotta be a different way to look at this i mean it's just like you said it just comes to me it's just natural and you will find it you will find it because there are other ways to do things. It isn't just the, you know, the way we've been taught our whole lives. So keep and doing kids will do, do that. Kids yeah. will keep trying, right? They'll That's keep right. trying another way. And we, we are like, oh, I guess I can't. The other thing real quick, I know Kelsey was going to probably go on to our next uh, space here. But the other thing I was thinking of, we had somebody come from the library uh, to our local chamber meeting and um, talk all about all the things that are available at libraries. So it reminded me, there's also not only a library of books, but there's a library of things at a lot of libraries. So like our local library, the main branch has like 
mixing mixers and mixing bowls and things that you can you know lease out or rent out at the library borrow from the library right. all sorts okay. of Right. Yeah, things like that that you can use for a creative hobby, for cooking. For they, right. they have a seed library where you could start your own garden. Like they have so many creative things. They have like I think they even have like a T-shirt press and just all sorts of really great stuff. Yes. So, um, just a little all plug for free. your local libraries. Even if you're not going to use them, please use them. But at least get a library card so we can keep them funded. <laughs> Yay! That's exactly right. We don't want those to go away. And I, every time I go, I go to my local library um, and I'm going to get to the diversity question, I swear. Um, but I walk in there and they always have these flyers and I'll get one of the flyers to have in my office to like give people to like a little booklet of like what's happening for that month. And nice. I'll sit there and I'll see an activity and then, and then I'll see that it's for like oldest age of 12 and I'm almost oh and I'm like come on like come on that's right that's right that's so right and that's the one beef I have as a child life specialist there should be adult life specialists too yeah. I mean really do we stop wanting to do things when we're 21 no my gosh we need to do more so there we go yeah it I could go on and on because I understand why they're doing it and the, the but um such cool things is all I yes 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 so before we, we do run out of time, and I don't want you to feel rushed, can we kind of dive into the topic of diversity real quick on this topic? So we know how important it is. Um, we talked about accessibility for like as far as logistically resource wise, but can you speak on how using creative processes for connectedness, how it can be expanded to working with people of all ages, cultures, faiths, ethnicities, um, et cetera? Well, yes, I, you know, again, for me, it just seems like a natural thing because you'd want the, the input from all the folks, but I know that it isn't. I mean, I, you know, reality is you can see I'm not a kid. So I've, I've seen a lot of um, just cruelty and I continue to see it. But I think um, one of the ways is to have training for the folks who are in charge of team building at various, and like to your point, Amanda, team building is so necessary, but they, they also need to have, um, I guess what it would be is, would be, um, I don't even know what you'd call it, for, like I'll less, give you less cognitive and professional and more like interactive and experiential. Right. Yeah. right. But I guess what I'll give you an example. For instance, when I've gone into various centers for people with disabilities, you would think that the folks really had a feel for, well, this is how we work with somebody. And it's important to have people with and without disabilities together. I am not a believer that there should be an Alzheimer's floor in a nursing home. I am more um, that these folks should, everybody should be living together. And I, because we look at what one another is doing, we, you know, when you're sitting at a table, for instance, and then make, maybe you're painting and you look over naturally to see what somebody else is doing. And it's through these activities that you can see somebody with severe dementia looks at what 
maybe Amanda's doing and she tries it. She tries it. Whereas if you just leave that person in a room kind of secluded with people who have staff members coming and, and actually either doing it for them on the paper or lifting their hands and moving their hands, you're never gonna get that. She's gonna try it because she doesn't see it. It's not, there's no cue. So for me, it's really important. I like to go in and I put blindfolds on people and say, you know, okay, you're blind, kid. What, what would you want somebody to do? You really want them to do your work and then say it's yours? No, because it's not your work and you know it. It's insulting. Why bother? I mean, truthfully, there's no point to it. There is no point. If you want to do better, then you ask that person what color they like. You get, the, do you want to use paint? Do you want to use marker? You can ask all kinds of things a person can hear, right? And then put whatever, do you want to use a paintbrush? I'll put red paint, what red, okay. Uh, I would help them feel the ends of their canvas and help them figure out what's comfortable for them as far as painting. We're not painting, um, you know, there's a tree there that I see, paint the tree. No, you're painting the colors you like, painting like um, Matisse, we would use him. You know, we're, we're all about color. He was the master of color. And let that person continue that process, right? This is just a small focused example, but that's what I would do, go into the group of people who have control over how folks are offered things and have them feel what it's like, what the difference is. Do it one way, then do it the other way. And every time they'll tell you, yes, it takes a little longer, but you're gonna see all kinds of growth in so many different ways. And you can do that as it relates to religion, sexual preference, um, whatever it is, you can do this. Do it the way that it's done, then do it, get, give some alternatives and open that line of communication into their brain. And I promise you, they won't be able to forget it because they've experienced it now. And, and have a conversation with everybody. How did that affect you? Which, you know, if you have some other ideas, learn from them, you know, like Coach Lee, <clears throat> Amanda, you know, we could, I've learned a lot um, from him, just asking questions. What, mm -hmm. what does make sense? What feels better? So I I, my social work brain loves this so much because what you're really speaking to is autonomy and valuing right. an individual person's autonomy, regardless of their abilities or background, right? And trusting that they know what's best for them and not parentifying right. them and making them seem like they can't do things and it allows them to expand and everyone around right. them to expand. And then I think the other important part here is just being curious. And so like, yeah. it makes me think of like, when I watch my little person drawing or making whatever, I'm like, oh like instead of me being like what is that or whatever right. I'm like oh, wow that's interesting why did you choose to put this over here or like just like asking questions right. about it rather than judging and I love that so much thank you and you know it's a and I'll say this quickly but it's so important when when mom went to this finally a specialist that helped her live for six years instead of two months he said to her I'm going to give you vitamins I want you to do these exercises and you hear the difference in you have two months to live, put your affairs in order. He gave her 
hope. He gave her the belief that she could do it, that she was going to live. And that's what you're carrying over. And that's what I'm, I try to always remember. You're carrying over to give somebody that feeling like this person believes in me. They believe I can do this. Mm -hmm. And for the love of everything, don't you ever, ever do it holding their hands or do it for them because you better be putting your names on that piece of artwork. And really, they don't want it there. They want their name there, right? Mm -hmm. So I know that's hard, but it is the right way to do it. If you're gonna, I'm gonna blame it on the air conditioning that I got chills when you were just talking. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it was wonderful to have you. I'm so thankful you could join us. Um, I hope this was helpful for us. Whether it's kind of just wrapping it up, or if it's a certain mantra or quote or saying that you would like to leave our audience with, and then where can they find you? Whether that's your socials or website or whatever that is. Oh, thank you. Well, you know. I don't know if there's a certain mantra. I like to tell everybody they're the bomb because I want everybody to think they're they're great because they are. In some way, you are great. And uh, you can find me. Uh, my website is thebombparties.com or Facebook, Instagram, all those at LinkedIn. LinkedIn, I'm Carolina Martin and the rest is at the bomb parties. Thank you so much. I hope I helped somebody out there today yeah you definitely did like Kelsey said it's been a minute since we've had kind of that creative expression um type type episode and connecting on social wellness and it's intellectual because it's creative and it's social and it's emotional and mental it's like so many different ones so thank you um next next time we record we are going to have Kendra Everhart back she came uh maybe almost a year ago now, but she's coming back to talk about soul purpose. So I'm excited about that episode. Make sure you turn on notifications, like, subscribe, leave us comments and feedback. What what do you like? What do you want to see in the future? And we will see you next time, everyone. Take care. Take care. Bye. Yeah.